Listen up, listen up, listen up. Back at it. This is Lady Sola here on the Listen Up Podcast. I know it's been a minute. It's been a while. I apologize. I've been on quite a hiatus working on other things. And you know, I'm only one woman. So what can I say? I can't do everything at once. But it's time to get back to to doing a podcast. So I wanted you guys to be able to tune in. I do have another guest with me, of course, as always. And uh, I'm very excited because this is a very intelligent man, someone that I met at work. Uh, So, you know, we're talking sports today. Um, So his name is Damon Reynolds. He is from Pittsburgh. He's a production assistant at ESPN. So we definitely have a few things in common there. Um, And I will let him kind of take the reins and tell uh, the listeners more about himself, what he's been through, how he's gotten here, and anything you're working on. Yes, yes. Thank you, sister. I appreciate it. I appreciate the introduction. Uh, I'm not intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) Just joking, but um, uh, no, definitely. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk sports, and I'm excited to just um, really engage some of the, the trending topics that are going on right now, and I really appreciate you having me on and just wanting to kind of have a conversation um, about everything because it seems like we can't do that these days with a lot of the state of minds that are, are in the world today and just the sort of lack of empathy we have for each other. So I'm grateful that you're having me on today to have this conversation. So I'm from Pittsburgh, as you said, uh, graduated from Penn State University. Um, before I came to ESPN, I was working at CSN in Bethesda, Maryland. And basically, you know, I was doing some freelance work, trying to get my foot in the door, trying to figure out you know, what path is God putting me on? Where am I supposed to be going? And um, my passion has always been broadcasting. And so when ESPN kind of called and and said I was a candidate, you know, to to come and work in the production department, I was like, hmm, well, you know, maybe this is not exactly uh, what I thought it would be, but it's ESPN. And so why not? And the transition from Bethesda, Maryland, a couple months ago was kind of crazy for me because it was like, well, I just left Pittsburgh. I just graduated back in the spring, and now I'm moving again, um, having to pack up all my bags, not knowing where funding would come from, not having a car or anything. And coming out here was pretty much a huge transition and being able to uh, sort of um, really just get everything together and adjust and, and coming along. Um, has been a, a, a true blessing and something that I don't take for granted working at ESPN and meeting people like you and uh, whoever else is there to network. And um, I'm really appreciative of that. Wow, that is fearless of you to literally have moved from what is your original hometown mm-hmm. and graduating from school, trying to figure out, okay, what's the job market looking like? Where am I going to fit in? Exactly. Get into Bethesda which is still close by on the East Coast area. But then, like you said, getting, you know, all the applications you're putting in and Mm -hmm. the call you finally got for an interview and to be considered at ESPN and to really take that that dive to move, that's, I mean, that's remarkable. Um, So do you have anything that you are working on or anything you want to share so far? Because I know you're pretty new at ESPN. You just started like two months ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so is there anything that you want to just say or shout out, uh, trade up, <laughs> trade up stories or anything? Well, everything's in the works. Everything's yeah. in the works. Uh, you got to, of course, when you're coming into a new environment, um, it's hard to really just put your foot down and, and put your foot on the gas and get going so quickly. 
Um, so I think the biggest thing for me right now is doing something like this is, is just getting on shows and, and however I can just start and, and sort of gauge my craft and, and being able to speak. Um, this is huge for me right now to be able to just do a podcast. And so um, right now I'm currently trying at ESPN to just get in the studio and maybe start my own thing and, and to start some type of podcast. And once that gets up, I will surely let you know. Um, but for right now, I'm just I'm all over the place. I'm meeting people. I'm I'm shadowing. I'm trying to find different ideas and uh, just being humble about every opportunity that I get. So when it's my time, I'm able to take what I learned from so many different people and, and use it uh, to, to fully go ahead with what I want to do. I love that. I love that. You're doing all the right things. I <laughs> to tell you that right now. I mean, you know, I've been at ESPN for a little over a year now. I mean, you guys kind of know when when that journey for me started. And I can't believe, you know, that it's been a year. <laughs> like everybody, when I was meeting them in the first few months, like, oh, my God, you just you're a baby here. It's going to go by so fast. I've been here 14 years. I've been here 17 years. I've been here 25 years. I'm like, what? You, you know, they're like, I know I can't like they're like, it's going to go fast. And it really has. But all the things that you're doing, the shadowing, the emailing people trying to meet for coffee or, you know, trying to pick someone's brain, even just having those short conversations and meetups like that is going to be so instrumental in your career and your progression. And those are the things I'm still doing, you know, to this day. Like, I'm going to keep doing it, keep shadowing so I can figure out what my next move is going to be and everything. Um, But that's awesome. Congratulations. Getting to TSPN is like some people say an impossible feat, which I thought was the case until until the Lord said, now is your time. Walk on in. But, you know, anybody, especially the skin color that we are wearing and representing, know that it's it's not an easy feat at all. So I just want to congratulate you on on your own accomplishment. No, definitely. definitely. Of getting here and everything. So, you know, we got a couple of topics. They're all sports related uh, on the listen up here. And the first one we want to get into is Donald Trump, mm. Mr. 45, our, our president. He's an avid tweeter, as you guys know. He always has been, even before he came into office. But, you know, in the recent times, he's really focused his his uh, topics and his content on sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to get into some of the tweets that he's had regarding the NFL. So... I'm thinking we can read the tweets back and forth. Yes, so starting yes. off from September 23rd, he said, if a player wants the privilege of making millions of dollars in the NFL or other leagues, he or she should not be allowed to disrespect our great American flag or country and should stand for the national anthem. If not, you're fired. <laughs> Find something else to do. Sounds like he's throwing a, a bit of his old show in there. You're fired. Huh? Sounds uh, like the <laughs> apprentice, doesn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, so his next one, if NFL fans refuse to go to games until players stop disrespecting our flag and country, you will see change take place fast. And then he has fire or suspend is an option. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so, so many great options mm-hmm. to choose from in that, yeah. right? Um, he also says he adds that NFL attendance and ratings are way down. Boring games, yes. But many stay away because they love our country League should back U.S. Great solidarity for our national anthem and for our country. Standing with locked arms is good. Kneeling is not acceptable. 
bad ratings. Mm. So, uh, before I give Bate, I do want to ask you, you know, just what is your immediate reaction to reading all of these tweets or when you did first hear about kind of when this came out? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, we were much like the election, and that's a, a very, very, you know, that's another topic, but it all goes along the lines of this. Um, it was very, it was ignorant, uh, very tactful, and there was a strategy behind it, I believe. I think with these type of tweets, we all know that Trump is a businessman. From the show Apprentice, he was a businessman with a lot of the things that he said, and a lot of the things that you do, you, you kind of gauge people's thoughts where your audience is when you're kind of reaching uh, a specific uh, sort of genre of what people think about and so you know the flag is something that is so sensitive to the U.S. apparently you know which we've seen with the NFL over the past year hmm. and my first thought in looking at it is is that he doesn't fully understand and he doesn't want to understand and also I think actually with Trump let's not even discredit him that much I think he's smart enough he knows the issues at hand but the problem is is, is much like a large portion of America, we fail to have that sort of empathy for other races or other people. And in terms of that, we began to reflect and we, we start having these self-evaluations and we, we began to become selfish. And I think naturally, uh, his tweets are very selfish. And I think these players, it has nothing. If you look at the very first message where this goes back to, which is Colin Kaepernick taking a nail um, in San Francisco, it has nothing to do with the flag. It has really nothing to do with uh, the, the, the NFL. It has to do with issues that we saw, such as police brutality, uh, such as socioeconomic disparities, such as um, different acts that are happening between whites and blacks in this country. And uh, I think, you know, these tweets fully discredit the movement, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I just want to take a moment to say I am actually a service member of the United States Army. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so Trump highlighting and trying to gear the conversation and gear the focus towards the fact that this is a blatant disrespect on American history, on the people of America, as well as the United States military wow. i'm here to say that i did not feel disrespected wow. at all by what colin kaepernick was doing uh i think anybody with intellect and and a brain um and that can think for themselves can kind of analyze and fully see the situation for what it was mm -hmm. and does not have to take what he did as a direct derogatory act towards our history or towards the military exactly. and what the military has done it was clear as day. He made it clear. He reiterated over and over again why he was kneeling um, and why he chose to kneel at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and just because someone is doing something to focus on one side does not mean that he's trying to disrespect the other side. Mm -hmm. So he's kneeling because of the police brutality and injustices against black people and people of color does not now equate to the fact that you are also disrespecting the flag mm -hmm. and that was that was the thing that bothered me the most from day one is that he took a risk mm -hmm. you know and look at where he is today you know all this drama that's going on with kneeling and we seem to have forgotten the the single important piece mm -hmm. which is colin kaepernick exactly. and what he was kneeling for that still is a major issue in america and that's not going away anytime soon so it's almost like laughable to me at this <laughs> point that trump has been able to redirect um, 
you know, the, the, the hard work and the focus of what that whole act started for. Mm. And the whole country is just running with it. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, this this is disrespecting the country or it's not disrespecting the country, but what about black people? Mm. You know, <laughs> what about Trayvon Martin? What about, you know, I mean, so many innocent yeah, right. people that Sandra died, Blatt. like mm. Sandra Bland. I mean, you know, what happened to, to all of that? We just mm. going to just sweep that under the rug and now shift the focus. So that's my main thing with it. I definitely feel like uh, Donald Trump, you know, he uses his power to distract people with his tweets and and what he's saying. And a lot of Americans do feel this way, that the kneeling is disrespectful to the flag. I do not think so. I think that Kaepernick chose that time to kneel before the anthem because he literally feels like the anthem and the flag is a representation of social issues or whatnot happening in the country so if he doesn't feel that he is being supported or or protected by it he's kneeling but that is not a disrespect to everything that we've accomplished as a country Mm -hmm. it's one piece Mm -hmm. of the pie and it's it's kind of hard to maintain that focus um with a bunch of our generation the way things work with social media and how things travel. Uh, I think if you look at back then, a lot of the great leaders, yes, there was an understanding that consequences do come uh, with your actions. And obviously, um, Colin Kaepernick has, has kind of taken the, the, the bad end, the short end of the stick, right? Uh, with not being able to play a football game, something that he's been doing as a child. And now because he takes a stance on uh, something he's very passionate about, something that affects much of this country that we live in, something that affects him every day is being a black man. And people come at him for the issues of, uh, well, you know, let's stick to sports or he's mixed, his mother's white. Um, I disagree fully. I don't think you should have somebody's race or their, and sort of their mixture uh, discredit what they stand for, what they believe in. At the end of the day, if a white person comes up to me and tells me, well, hey, I hate violence, I hate uh, the way Donald Trump treats Americans, I hate. Well, listen, I, I fully agree with you. It, just as a person of moral standing, I think it doesn't have to take race necessarily for us to agree. And I think that's something um, I've seen from a lot of reports is that Colin Kaepernick is not black enough or he's not down enough to even do this. And so um, that's been something that I, I think has been mishandled, but also just to stick the sports argument that we have, right? Yeah. We tell people in the NFL, in the NBA, and in, in different major sports that they should stay in the realm and that these two are, it's like Switzerland, right? You can't come to the NFL with politics. You can't come here talking about uh, LGBT movements. You can't come here talking about anything. And so I, I've never seen the two uh, being separated. Muhammad Ali was a social activist. Absolutely. Um, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, uh, back in the day, I can't think of his, le- his full name right now, but it was they put up the Black Power Fist during the Olympics. That same thing, it's always been a part because look at how sports kind of were created. It was created through social movements. You know, you, you have guys like Jackie Robinson, the first black baseball player in the league. You know, you have all these different things. It all came through some type of form of, of fighting, of, of racial injustices that were in place and that barriers we had to break. Um, so I, I definitely, I, I hate the argument. I, I truly do. And that's a strong word, but I hate the argument. Stick to sports. I think it all just goes hand in hand. And I think with this type of topic, we see plenty of people who want to separate the two and that just can't happen.
Right. It just can't happen because it's not possible. You can't you can't separate it. It's not it's not uh, independent of each other. And we see that now more than ever that it's literally intertwining, even without trying to make it intertwined. That's what's happening. <laughs> Politics and sports is now going hand in hand because of everything that has been going on recently mm-hmm. and things that have been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to be mature about the situation and assess it properly and say, this is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. why are we trying to fit a square into a circle? Mm-hmm. Just let it be what it is and let us try to work through this as a country together. Mm-hmm. Let us try to focus on a common goal, which is should be unification and trying to meet in the middle or trying to compromise the whole stick to sports thing. It's, it's it's absurd, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even understand, like, how you can try to force an athlete who is a human being, who has his own opinions, who has his own personal rights to tell him, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that. Mm. Where did it say that in my contract? Because I didn't sign a, a you know... A, $102 million five-year contract saying anything about I have to become a mute in mm-hmm. my life. Like, that's that's crazy. And just to wrap up, you know, Trump's tweets and everything like that, you know, he called the players SOBs, you know. I don't want to say the full term, but he really used some derogatory language um, towards players. And, I mean, in terms of how the the teams responded and everything, I think it was great that they chose to unite and really kind of take a stance Mm -hmm. towards what Trump tweeted immediately following in the games on Sunday and everything like that. I think that was great that they didn't just try to, like, ignore the situation or act like it didn't happen. It was nice to see that some kind of solidarity, even though there's some key pieces missing in it, right? Because Kaepernick is still... You know, unemployed, but you know, it is what it is. But I, I was glad to see that there was some some unification in response to what Trump tweeted. I'm very glad uh, that they facilitated these type of unification stances uh, for people to see, fans to see, um, just to see that the owners are actually coming out from behind sort of that shell because we never see them. Yeah, you never see the only owner you really see in the NFL is Jerry Jones, and that's another topic. Um, with with his Monday night sort of uh, discomfort, I think, that I saw on television. Um, But the interesting thing is there's a a certain number that I want to talk about, and that's the $7.75 million um, of the $106 million that was donated to Trump's committee came from these NFL team owners. And there's about four or five of them in the league that put this much money in. There's a few I can name off the top of my head. Jerry Jones, one of them, Robert Kraft, uh, Shaw... Khan for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Woody Johnson from the Jets. So there's just wow. a few that you've seen do- donate millions of dollars contributing to this man's campaign. And then as soon as he kind of takes a shot uh, at you, not necessarily. And it, it, honestly, I think, again, it's tactful, right? It's strategy. The owners really don't come out bad in this, if you think about it. It gave them a chance to kind of save face because a lot of them were instituting sort of plans to come against the players as we're seeing now, like Jerry Jones, for example, he comes and tells his players, well, I don't want you guys standing, or I don't want you guys sitting, excuse me. You have to stand during the national anthem. A lot of owners, it it gave them an opportunity to kind of take and and sort of maneuver their way into the movement and by saying, okay, well, we're not against this, we're with it. And with the league losing viewership, we have to think about this too, the people, who you're saying don't watch, I don't think we talk about the race and the demographic of who's watching. 
black people watch the NFL too. Exactly. And by black people not watching, because you don't have a Colin Kaepernick in the league, that contributes also. Let's, let's quit focusing on this fact that the demographic of the league is just people who, who are against people who are standing against the national or sitting against the national anthem. Let's also say that black and brown or whoever, white, Asian, Hispanic, whoever agrees with this with the, with the fact that they knew what the stance was from the beginning or not watching either. And I think that's the sort of separation, even that gets lost with the owners coming out and sitting down. I think that's also a discredit to the whole movement from the beginning. Absolutely. I, man, <laughs> it's crazy because I was talking to my friend the other day about how just going back to Kaepernick again and how majority of the teams in the NFL are shook and mm. totally, you know, scared to even take a chance on him because of the backlash that can come from it but they don't seem to see the the potential on the other side Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. what about all of the you know minorities people that have been boycotting that went to the thing in new york Mm -hmm. that spike lee said he didn't organize but that was a huge (laughs) that was a huge you know protest that went on thousands Mm -hmm. of people showed up for that i mean there's there's thousands hundreds of thousands of people all over america that support Kaepernick. so if there's one team that you know flips the switch and say wait a minute is it really that much of a risk? Maybe we should try to sign him somewhere like Baltimore or somewhere that has socioeconomically has a lot of black people in the area to, okay. to take that chance and say, we might gain even more support, more positive recognition, uh, you know, more viewership, yes, all of yes, that yes. by signing Kaepernick. It doesn't always have to be on the other side that if we choose to take this man on, whether we put the rules in place or not, that, hey, he's not going to kneel anymore. Mm-hmm. He's really not going to talk about these topics in the media. He's going to focus on football. He's, we've agreed to that prior to signing him. Even with all of that, I mean, why don't you look at the positive things that can come up and how exactly. it can benefit your organization that, right. hey, a lot of people are rocking with this guy. A lot of people are supporting what you're doing. So if you took the chance to say we're going to be that one organization to stand behind them and to stand for equality, which is what a lot of us want and root for. Hey, Kaepernick jerseys will be sold out. I guarantee you people from all over the country, whether they're that team's fan or not, they will buy Kaepernick's jerseys. They will tune in specifically Mm -hmm. to that team, no matter who they're playing, just to see Colin Kaepernick. So my logic is I understand some teams saying, hey, you know, it wouldn't work for us. But there are, I feel like, a number of organizations that if they took the risk, they they will reap a bigger reward. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's the biggest thing we went out of is the solidarity. Um, you know, obviously, that, that all gets lost, too, in this whole process is that there's so many different thought processes going through. It creates so much division. Yeah. And I, I think what we have to realize is that athletes in general in sports is one of the biggest change agents that we have in America. These people have so much power. They have a platform on television. And we think about that kids, um, you know, I grew up loving football. I think a lot of the times I, I got motivated for anything, whether that was school or, or just playing sports. You would see like a, a Heinz Ward on television promoting going to school and, and, you know, giving out school supplies and things of that nature. One is because they're making millions of dollars. And then two, they just, they, they sort of get this, uh, pedestal, um, and sometimes it can be good if they're using the platform the right way. Uh, but then at the same time, it's, it's it's it gets lost in a lot of this. Is just that unity and what sports can actually do uh, for people. 
Absolutely. I mean, I want to go right into the NBA's players' response to Trump's tweets, specifically towards the NFL as well as uh, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the White House is considered a great honor for a championship team. Stephen Curry is hesitating, therefore invitation is withdrawn. And LeBron, obviously, his tweet was the, the most notable. You uh, bum. Yep, you bum. <laughs> As Stephen Curry 30 already said, he ain't going. So therefore, ain't no invite. Going to White House was a great honor until you showed up. So just going, picking back off of what we were talking about earlier in terms of notable athletes taking a stance in, in political issues. Mm-hmm. Here's a modern-day person right here, LeBron James, that has been very active in different ways, you know, obviously forefront of Hillary Clinton's presidency campaign trail, fully supporting her, and, you know, being very vocal on NBA uh, NBA Media Day in his presser interview and everything, what he touched upon, (laughs) he talked about a lot. This is the most that we've heard from him in terms of Trump and you know, the kneeling and all the things going on. So I'm glad to see him taking this risk, taking this chance and not being so politically correct and and trying to be so poised and so, you know, I don't have much to say or trying to teeter-totter on the right line. I'm glad he's just putting himself out there and obviously he can lose endorsements and leave money on the table, but it's for a great cause because... Trump withdrawing the invitation for exactly. the Golden State Warriors, that was pretty erratic, yeah, I would say. Yeah, they, this is kind of, you know, you're pushing envelope with a lot of this stuff. And um, I think with LeBron, you know, the interesting thing is that sometimes, too, we realize that people on Twitter, and I'm thinking maybe high school range, just think about different demographics of age. A lot of people don't read news. A lot of people don't engage in reading about politics. And so when you see an athlete sort of taking a stance and like, hey, that's LeBron James. That's my favorite basketball player. Well, then you become interested not only in the athlete, but interested in what the issue is and what he's so passionate about. And so I think this kind of propels people to at least go and read and see what both sides are thinking or just to see where this came from and why is LeBron James suddenly on Twitter saying, you bum uh, to Donald Trump. Really, it's not directed strictly at him, as we can see. It has Steph Curry's name in it. But... Um, I think that's something that's important to me, too, is that seeing that a lot of young people uh, are able to learn about this through athletes. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I think that it's it's critical. It's very critical that, you know, you stay educated and you stay woke mm-hmm. and you just keep paying attention to all of the, the small details, yes, uh, yes. all the back and forth that's going on because it really paints the picture and it tells you, really how someone feels about something and, and what they're capable and not capable of doing. And that's that's very useful information. I like what Stephen Curry is doing. I like what LeBron is doing. Being vocal, being honest, you know, not really standing for the nonsense, regardless of how high their pedestal is. Mm-hmm. And for what people expect from them or want from them, their fans and, and the outside world and all of that. So moving on, we can kind of talk about Ray Lewis a little bit and just Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend, Nessa, who's a, a Hot 97 radio personality. She tweeted a, a picture of Ray Lewis with his former uh, coach. Um, he has his hand wrapped around his neck. Oh, my. And it's very reminiscent <laughs> of uh, Django. Wow. There's a scene in the movie where he's like, 
basically embracing from behind, embracing Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Is Leonardo DiCaprio in this scene his master? Yes. Oh, yeah, wow. he's the slave master. <laughs> and Ray Lewis went on to say that is the reason why Kaepernick eventually did not get signed because mm-hmm. of this uh, tweet coming out. Um, I don't believe that. I definitely think that there's a lot of proof in the pudding to show that there's many reasons as to why Colin Kaepernick is still not an NFL quarterback. And I don't think this one tweet, which, you know, probably got a couple thousand retweets or whatever. I don't think this is the, the primary reason, the, the end all be all, the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I don't believe this is the reason why he doesn't have a job. Like it was definitely a distraction. And yeah. I will say this. I have in no way at all, I would think that that had anything to do with Colin Kaepernick not getting signed. I don't ever think he was going to get signed by anybody in the hmm. league. There were so many reports, different speculations about him possibly getting signed here, or teams were entertaining it. It was good press for their team, maybe. Um, but in no way, shape, or form did I think Kaepernick was going to get signed to the Baltimore Ravens, especially after they held the fan form and Ray Lewis and uh, Steve Bishotti. And a couple other players all sat up on the stage and they were asking fans, do you think we should sign Kaepernick? The NFL in general has issues, right? We look at a guy like Greg Hardy who beats a woman and is able to get signed to a team and he gets to play a whole year. Kaepernick, right, does nothing wrong, peacefully protests and doesn't get on the team. And once you start hitting pockets or sales or money, or once you're maybe bringing some type of, of controversy to a team, and I don't think this is any way, shape, or form of controversy, let me say that. I think it's tough for owners to say, well, I want to engage in this. I want to take part in this, simply because I don't even know if I support it. One, two, is just like what's more important to me is either the money or the player. And at this point, I'm, I'm looking at Ray Lewis, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what is, what, and what are you, <laughs> Why are you on stage or why are you going on television basically refuting and saying, well, his girlfriend played a huge part in Kaepernick not getting signed? I think it's a cop-out if you ask me. Not only is he easy copping out, but at the same token, I think we still get lost in, in not fully talking about the issues at hand. And Baltimore is one of the prime cities for that. Think about if Kaepernick gets signed in Baltimore and what it he could do for perfect. that community. Absolutely. It's it's a lot of unfortunate circumstances that are going on. You know, this is a very uh, high racial climate um, that we're dealing with at this time in, in many areas of life and in the workplace. The other topics that we want to touch on real quick is Cam Newton's reactions to a female reporter asking about routes in a game. Mm-hmm. And his reaction was just basically like, wow, that's funny. I don't think I've ever heard a female reporter ask about routes. That's funny. Then he went on to answer the question. I've talked to a couple of people regarding this. Some people feel like she took it and blew it out of proportion, that she had some other uh, ulterior motives, that you know she's the one that actually posted the video, and then it became viral mm-hmm. uh, at that point. Um, so there obviously was a, it was a motivation on her end because... If it didn't mean anything to you or if you weren't trying to get anything out of it, why would you post the video yourself mm-hmm. trying to paint Cam in a certain light? I watched the the press conference. I saw it and I felt it. And I did feel like he was disrespectful mm-hmm. and he was wrong. Whether he intended to be, that's not what I'm talking about. It's what it came off to be. And that's what it sounded like. Just his tone of voice, 
you know, the facial reactions and all of that, it definitely, to me, seemed like he was playing her. Like, he was downplaying her. He was embarrassed. You know, he embarrassed her in the way that he said it. And I didn't see it as a compliment. I'm sorry. I just didn't. I think there's many other wordings or even the way he could have ended his statement that could have really supported her and and really put her in a good position to sound like wow this is someone that knows her stuff instead it just came off as like you're a woman why are you even in the room like who let you in like that's just how it sounded to me so it's not what you say all the time it's the way you say it so he was saying oh my gosh i thought you know i was trying to give a compliment and he comes out you know the next day wearing the uh I forgot her name, but basically the 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 pin. Oh, the sign from the war of of, of women empowerment. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. The woman empowerment. I think he was just trying to save face. His PR team probably you know put that together. Like yeah. okay, you gotta wear this pin. Like mm-hmm. they tripping. Like just wear the pin. You know, say something nice about women, and you should be off the hook. That's just how I feel. I feel like Cam. He's he's pretty cocky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he's doing good this season, he's back on his A game. He's like 2015 Super Bowl cam. So he's feeling himself, which he should be. He's doing great, and I'm happy for him um, after everything he went through last season. But at the same time, as a man of God, as he says, and, and a man of great character, you can't be out here, you know, making that woman look like a fool. Now, to his, I guess, his defense... I did hear she's a racist, and there were some tweets that got dug out, the receipts were brought forward, tweets from many years ago, I think 2009 or something like that, about Mm -hmm. her talking about her family, I don't know if it's her mom or father, her grandparents, and how they were racist, and how she was so happy about it, or something, Um, but basically, people are out in the streets saying she is a racist, there's proof, so what does this woman really want, what is she doing, don't fall for the trap, don't fall for the hype. He could have said that to any woman, regardless of her history. I just don't think he went about that correctly. He could have said something like, you're doing your thing. Take notes. Other, I don't know. He could have said something mm-hmm. to where it was lifting her up, mm-hmm. you know, and really giving her a compliment as he claimed he was doing, as opposed to saying something that just sounds so disrespectful and degrading and condescending yeah. and trying to like... Say, oh, it was a compliment. Oh, I'm sorry. My sense of humor is a little bit different, like, from other people's. I think on both ends of the spectrum, right, first, let's not, let's address Cam Newton. That's most recent. That happened. Cam, Cam, Cam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, It was wrong. It was was completely wrong. And he came out a a few days later, of course, you know, you saw the the post online with the video. he lost an endorsement to Dannon, which the next day caught him. Dak Prescott at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, I thought it, it was, there was no way to, to interpret or to really fully gauge what he meant. Um, but it came off so wrong. And the, like you said, the way you say things, the way you put diction on things, uh, your tone of voice and um, even just your facial expressions in that moment sort of triggered that thought. Uh, why is a woman reporter asking me this question you know these are thoughts that are centered in a football locker room 30 or 40 years ago now we're seeing women call games doing play-by-play Doris Burke is uh, probably one of the best play-by-play announcers I've heard um so it's it's 
it's weird, you know, when we always are, and, and it shows a lot about where the country is, right? We still have issues with sexism, with racism, with all different types of issues. And we want to say, well, we left that in the past, but then we still see that there's so many disparities in different companies or businesses with women. And so when I looked at just that standpoint, before, before I even saw the tweets, um, you know, I just thought Cam Newton is an athlete. Uh, is a person who says he has a daughter, you know, I think you should respect um, a woman who's trying to, to sort of make her way in this business, knowing it's hard enough um, as far as the stereotypes and things that get placed and labels that get placed on a woman who asks a question, a technical question that she did, which was really good. Yeah, right? high intellectual question. You've never, I can be completely honest with you and tell you that I've maybe even had friends who could never even talk about that type of thing, male friends. Guys, men who don't even know about technical routes like that, who might even play football and can't even talk the same way that she did. And so I was just thinking, of course, that, you know, we've we, we got to move past that. I and mean, we've got to move past this in journalism. Uh, the fact that thinking that women don't know sports and going to the bar and thinking that it's just a male dominated thing. We can't keep continuing this trend. I think it has to change. And I think that's very apparent with Cam Newton. And then the other side of it, of the spectrum, was that um, those tweets came the racist tweets that she had came from a few years ago. And I think we definitely um, shouldn't lose sight of that. That's an issue too, as well, knowing that she's able to keep a job in journalism after tweeting out a, a few tweets I saw. And I think in one of them, she actually used the N word. And so I'm kind of very disappointed that she's able to sort of have a job in journalism. One, there's, there's, there's two things that I think about integrity and a uh, value. And so her integrity, I think is lost. And I think her her credibility is lost. If you can't even put the right perspective on how to cover an athlete because you think of them as an N-word, um, then there's something wrong, and that's an issue. So other than that, I, I, I definitely think Cam was wrong, but, you know, hopefully he comes back from this, and I'm hoping that, um, you know, he's able to keep moving forward and, and maybe engage in some things where he can sort of help uh, the cause of, of, of putting female journalists or me, women journalists, excuse me, to a higher standard. Well said, well said. And uh, speaking of women journalists, we definitely, you know, cannot do this Listen Up podcast without touching upon one of our own uh, co-workers, ESPN juggernaut, Jamel Hill. She has been suspended for two weeks, um, according to ESPN, for violating the company's social media policy. Mm -hmm. So I definitely just want to start off and say my heart goes out to Ms. Jamel Hill. I've only seen her in passing. Unfortunately, I've actually not gotten a chance to <laughs> chat with her or even have a quick conversation just in terms of the campus setup. I just haven't, that hasn't happened. I have talked to Mike Smith a couple of times. Great guy, great father, great husband. He's just a great all around person. So I just want to first and foremost say that, Jamel, I fully support you. Mm -hmm. I am in awe. I am proud of everything that you've done, that you represent, that you believe in. Um, I feel like she is a voice for many that cannot have a voice. And I, I think that her, her brave acts is bigger than just the tweets and what is violating what and the fact that she works at ESPN and the ratings are being affected. I think that just... Her standing up as a woman in itself is so powerful. And I just want to say that we are supporting you, Jamel. I already know just based on her personality and 
candidness and her strength that this is just another bump in the road and mm-hmm. you just gonna go right over it and she's gonna come back stronger she's gonna come back more resilient and everything like that when she comes back and it's just another learning experience that is going to fully equip her for what is to come in her future so you know big shout out to Jamel on everything that she's been doing and yeah, I, I definitely, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, definitely, we support you, Jamel, and um, we definitely take the time out to acknowledge uh, just her strength through this whole thing and uh, the fact that she um, has stood her ground. You know, you don't see a lot of people do that when you feel the pressure. Um, that's what the movement was. It was it was a lot of pressure. Sort of, you have to put pressure on the people, but the people will put pressure back. And I think in this instance, that's what we saw with Jamel. You know, she. Uh, took her stance. Uh, she chose to to tweet about it, um, and we saw some consequences come from it. But unfortunately, she she got the short end of the stick in this situation. But I think just reading Jamel Hill's work, um, from meeting her uh, a few times and just seeing her around the office, she's a great woman. Uh, she's a heck of a journalist. So she knows what she's talking about, and I'm just I'm grateful uh, that I'm even able to to really just look at somebody like that and and kind of revere. And just see that she's very uh, intelligent and she's able to stick within her values. So hats off to her um, for that. And I think ESPN and the situation working for them. And obviously, I don't want to bash the company. I think it's a great place. Um, but we see this issue within a lot of companies. It's hard. It's hard as black people to fully, fully, fully voice uh, the, the problems or the issues that we have in this nation, knowing what we know, having the knowledge we have. And most of the things that we've probably seen from years and years ago are, are still setting themselves up for now in different systems. Um, yeah. And so just the, the way this happened, you know, some of the reports that came out as far as that she would be replaced um, with another black anchor or, uh, you know, that she could possibly be fired, Trump calling for her to be fired. I think that is, is, is all crazy. You know, this, at the end of the day, yes, she's a journalist. And yes, she's a TV, a public figure. And she's great at it. Um, but, you know, her Twitter, I would think, is something that's it's not sort of... Uh, it's, it's, it's not a, a kind of unspoken place, but it's her personal Twitter. And I think people mix that with TV, Jamel, which is the issue we have here. That's the only, only, only issue I have with this is that knowing that she's a public figure, knowing that millions of people watch her, you tweet this out, and, you know, you got to expect something from it. And I just, my hat's off to her is that she hasn't shown any regret or remorse um, as far as tweeting that in this situation. I'm very proud. You know, I'm younger. <laughs> right. I'm still a kid, basically. But, um, you know, I'm very proud that she, she stood her ground in this issue and she never went back on it, which was important. Um, but definitely just, just knowing what social media creates and, and how we should go about it is definitely something we should take from this. But also just learning from her is that you should always hold true to your values no matter what. Um, and it's still showing, yes, things could have been a lot worse. Right. You know, she's only suspended. Things could have been a lot worse. And so it just shows that, you know, that God will make a way, um, especially if your heart is, is, is pure and you, you have the right intention. Amen. And she's... Um, definitely been somebody who I can look at and say I'm, I'm very happy to see that she stood her ground in this situation. I commend you for what you said. You know, God will always make a way, absolutely. With everything that has transpired 
uh, up to this point regarding Jamel, you know, of course, initially uh, tweeting out the white supremacy thoughts that she had and associating that to our president, Donald Trump. And then, of course, now following up those tweets with newer tweets regarding sponsorship and NFL and Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys and how consumers or viewers can go about um, affecting change or, or letting their thoughts and stances be known. Of course, it was just a mere suggestion. I think in the tweet, she even highlighted <coughs> that I am not, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> disclaimer, mm-hmm. I am exactly. not attempting to uh, force any ideas on exactly. anybody or telling anyone to boycott the NFL, that this is just an idea of mine. This is a way to go about it. It was not yeah. about that. It, this, this, it wasn't about that. As soon yeah. as that issue happened, what was that, a couple weeks ago with her tweeting at or tweeting about Trump? Right. It was all a ride from there. Everything just went chaotic. This yeah. incident, they want to say added fuel to the fire. Um, and I just think it, it had to do much more with the Trump incident. Um, he's the president of the United States and obviously affiliation somewhere uh, with everything. And so... Um, you know, I just think it had nothing to do with this this current tweet that she put out. Uh, but I was definitely, you know, from the standpoint of, of working at uh, ESPN, it was it was a bit disappointing to see the way this was handled and to see the way that one side of opinions uh, influences another. And so, uh, from the standpoint of knowing what we know, like as a black man in a company, knowing what I know, and thinking about the type of things that Trump says and he's able to do, the fact that he's able to go on Twitter and say whatever he wants um, because he sort of has this this uh, authority. And really, in reality, it's, it's, it's crazy that we've gotten to a point where the president of the United States is coming at journalists and uh, really fully sitting there and engaging and starting arguments on Twitter. I, that speaks to his integrity as well. And so I was a bit disappointed in just the way ESPN handled her. Um, and the fact that it seems like nobody's really understanding uh, just the moral issues at hand. What happened to morals? What happened to, I, they call it ESPN liberal. I'm not liberal. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democratic. I'm myself first. I'm a child of God first. And so I think yeah. my moral convictions would say that what he's doing is wrong, not it being liberal. And I think right. that's what we're confusing in this too, is that now ESPN has been labeled a liberal network because of this. And I don't think in any way or shape or form it's liberal. I think it's just knowing the difference between right and wrong. Absolutely. And I remember I read of the article that Jamel recently wrote in Undefeated. The part that stood out to me is when she said, when I did make those tweets, it was never supposed to be me diving into politics and, and giving my two cents on a political issue. This is a human rights. This is a social issue. That really, you know really stuck with me because I think that people are misinterpreting her words and thinking that she's really trying to delve into the political side of things when really she's just looking at an issue that affects her directly, that affects people that she knows that she has dealt with all her life, especially when it comes to her career. Mm -hmm. And she's just speaking out about it based on the leadership that we have in our administration today. But of course... Things always get jumbled. Things always get misconstrued and mixed up. And people like to just, you know, mix things together. Mm -hmm. But I think she's going to be fine. And it's bigger than just the fact that, ooh, she got lucky again. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring her back. Hopefully she act right. But I think it's based on her work ethic, 
her intelligence, mm -hmm. all of the things she's done in her career to this point is the reason why she is at a high level at ESPN. Exactly. The very things that has, quote unquote, gotten her in trouble or gotten her suspended is the same things that has gotten her ahead mm -hmm. um, and has gotten her on TV, has gotten her a podcast with ESPN and that being able to grow from podcast to his and her show, going from that to a, a major mm -hmm. opportunity with mm -hmm. the 6pm Sports Center. So my thing is, you know, ESPN as a company, I think, will take all of that into account to say, we can't afford to lose her. Mm -hmm. She's too valuable. Exactly. Um, and I think she knows that as well, which mm -hmm. is why she's okay with having the stance that she has, not backtracking, not, you know, flip-flopping her exactly. stance or what she said. She's standing her ground. She's staying consistent. She's staying stern on what she feels because she knows what she brings to the table. Mm -hmm. And my message to anybody out there is just, hey, get good at your craft. Exactly. You know, look at Charlemagne the God. He said he was fired how many times in, <laughs> in the Charlotte and North Carolina, South Carolina radio market? About, I think about seven times. And you know what? It didn't phase him. It was rough. It was scary. He said he's, you know, he's been through a lot in his life. But guess what? He works for The Breakfast Club, which is a iHeart Media station. He's been there, I think they've been there like over five years at mm -hmm. this point. They're the number one market. Um, he says whatever he wants. We all know who he is and, and how he is, but it's his craft. It's, it's getting good at what you do mm -hmm. that allows you to have the power to, to be who you are and to, mm -hmm. and to stick with it. So anyone that wants to have a voice or anything like that, Jamel has gone about it the right way. She's she's paid her dues. She's put in the work. She's an excellent journalist. She always has been, and she continues to get better and better. And now with Michael, they join forces. They both are very good at their jobs, respectfully. Exactly. So now she's put herself, in my opinion, in a position to be the voice, to be the, the leader and the initiator of change, or at least to be able to say, yes, thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. I can't really say that, or you know what I mean? But you have created a path for yourself to where you can do these things and you will bounce back. And um, if people are smart, they know what they need to do in order of keeping you around and, and, and you know, kind of doing what needs to be done on both ends, but ultimately keeping her. Yeah. So that's how, yeah, I feel about that. That was a great point. Uh, you kind of, <laughs> you, you got us, you closed us with that. That was, that was huge what you said. I'm just finding a resolution and, um, something to be proud of out of this. And I think even for ESPN, you know, we talk about this company being around for years and being innovative. Yeah. Maybe this, um, this is something, and not in a bad way, that you can take an opportunity to um, maybe integrate yourself into the modern sort of way of the, which way things are trending. Yes. And I think with something like this, you know, this is a very big trending topic and it won't stop even with this situation. Um, yeah. And so if ESPN even maybe try to understand better um, a lot of the content that Jamal and Michael Smith do on the six maybe there could be some type of middle grounds on the understanding and knowing why we need to hear about these issues and why we need to talk about these things because I don't care if you play sports um, if you're out of the country wherever you are it, th this stuff affects you uh, one way or another if you're a citizen of the United States and I think we just like I said earlier this all goes back to stick to sports you cannot separate the two Absolutely not. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's uh, crucial, it's pivotal for ESPN to have Michael and Jamel where they are because it's a, a great representation of diversity and what ESPN is trying to become and what they're trying to grow into, which is promoting diversity and all of that. 
So I think it is important that, you know, they continue to to figure things out. You know, TV is not an easy landscape at all. Exactly. You know, just because you place two of anybody mm-hmm. on any kind of show, no matter the preparation and the time slot and things like that, there's so many elements, so many factors, and sometimes it just takes time Nothing. to gain the, the ratings or to gain that core audience. It's going to take time, you know? And I think that ESPN just needs to keep trusting the process, as the 76ers would say, keep <laughs> finding new angles, keep trying and experimenting with new segments or whatever, right. different things that they can tweak. But ultimately, I think that you know, they deserve to be in the position that they are because there are so many people that support what they do, that love it, that feel that it's just a breath of fresh air in terms of all the sports centers that we have throughout the day. Why not have something a little different? It ain't going to kill anybody. Yes. So I think that ultimately I, I truly believe ESPN will continue to support her. And, you know, and just it's just about playing off of the line. You know, it's a very fine line and... You know, they did what they felt was best to do. Some people that I talked to said, hey, two weeks is too long. That was a little harsh. Mm -hmm. I mean, all I know is that it's two weeks. You know, I'm sure she's (laughs) she's like enjoying her vacation Mm -hmm. and she will return and hopefully will become stronger um, through this experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, those are all the topics that we have for today, yes, yes, yes. Uh Thank you so much for you know coming on and you know no, just giving us so so many wise words and wise thoughts. I mm-hmm. definitely learned a lot today, but I mean, I definitely just want to say that you know we're living in a very difficult time right now. I think that a lot of things are just reoccurring from from our past history. It's just. Mm-hmm coming and it's and it's resurfacing, uh, resurfacing mm-hmm. in in a new fashion but it's like same stuff different day mm-hmm. basically um so we just have to continue to fight and not you know turn a blind eye to things that are going on and you know and just kind of be patient you know in terms yes. of and the administration or what what we have in office right now we just have to know that this too shall pass mm-hmm. um so yeah. Yeah, and I, I thank you uh, for having me on. Uh, again, I'm, I'm grateful, and you know that I'm able to come on and have this conversation and learn from you, and uh, just to kind of sort of gauge that thinking and talk about this stuff. Sometimes we don't have the platform or anywhere to even discuss these things. Sometimes because it seems like so many people are against it or against us in general. Um, so right. it's great to be able to just sit down and fully talk about uh, issues in sports, and I'm very passionate about sports. So I, I'm just glad you had me on and, and that I was able to discuss this with you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you a lot for coming on. And, you know, this this episode wouldn't be what it is without you being here talking about these pressing issues that, like you said, are not going away or going anywhere mm-hmm. anytime soon. Um, but do you have any social media or online information that you want to <laughs> share with the listeners so they can get in touch with you or yes. follow you? Or Yes. So I have a couple. Uh, I need to start getting more social media equipped. I feel like I've been an old man. Uh, so, so two. Old wise man. <laughs> so, so two pages. Uh, one is Damon underscore two. So that's just going to be D-M-O-N underscore two. And then the other page is something that myself and a couple of my brothers um, organized. It's called Brothers in Christ, underscore two. And 
Um, not page is something that's important to me. It's small right now, but um, basically, you know, we, we understand that everybody has a different belief system and whatnot. But um, I know for me, I, I'm a follower of Christ, and I, I want to spread that love to everybody else. And so what we do is we use that page to post, uh, you know, anything from, from scriptures, or even if it's just what's happening now, you know, we're posting um, just any type of motivation or encouraging words or, or knowledge that we might have or anything that we might see that you see. Um, and then even videos, we're, we're doing videos. Um, by all means, we're not, you know, thinking we're better than anybody or anything. We go through the same exact issues, but we want to just have that out there to let people know that like yes we can relate and you see young guys trying to do this and you can do it too or it's even just like hey we're going through this and we just maybe wanted to gauge your thoughts um about what you know if, if you're a believer what god might be speaking to you so um thank you you are thank you thank you can you give the instagram handles one more yes, time yes so yes how do you spell it so uh demon underscore two that's lowercase d M-O-N underscore two and then the other one is Brothers in Christ underscore two so um, awesome. I, I thank you yeah definitely follow him on his uh, Instagram handles as always you can find any of my information or updates on the site www.abbyonair that's A-B-I-O-N A-I-R dot com follow me on Instagram at Lady Solo Life as well as on Twitter and like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lady Solo Life. This has been another episode of the Listen Up podcast. So we're wrapping up. Just want to say thank you guys for all the support on uh, the new project. I have the platform. Make sure to just keep staying tuned for uh, future episodes with that, as well as future episodes for the podcast. And uh, all right, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.